Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Variety, celebrating more than 117 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. At one of these events, Questlove, who really loves our movie, he came up to us and said, don't do the Pivot album. I knew exactly what he was talking about. He's like, like every band, they have their hit, and then they pivot. It's yeah. like, no, you gotta, you gotta stay the course, do the art. You, you, you found your you voice. You figured it out. You, yeah. you know? And, and, and our other project is that. I know exactly what he's saying, and I totally understand why he says it, but also sometimes the Pivot album is my favorite. Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, also known as The Daniels, they're on top of the world. With everything everywhere all at once, that just earned 11 Oscar nominations. Now, they just have to figure out what comes next. I'm Clayton Davis. On this episode of the award-winning Variety Award Circuit Podcast, we're talking to the Oscar-nominated writer and directors, The Daniels, about the film Everything Everywhere All at Once, as well as their approach to life and filmmaking. Also on this episode, a chat with Oscar-nominated Triangle of Sadness writer and director, Ruben Usland. But first... On the Award Circuit Roundtable, we're given our predictions for this weekend's Screen Actors Guild Awards. It's all next on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. And greetings, we're back. Hey everyone, I am Variety TV editor Michael Schneider, and joining me back from jolly old London town, it's the one and only Janelle Riley. <laughs> Is that it how they call it? Blighty? Jolly, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> do you. Do you have no accent now? You're not talking like this. Call blimey, governor. Sure, dude. Nobody talks like uh, that. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? Everyone talks like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> that we say. <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah. Oh, we are totally offending jazz. <laughs> I'm sitting here and my skin is crawling. <laughs> this, is a, this is a declaration of war. <laughs> blimey. Blimey. <laughs> And then Clayton Davis. Oh, hi. <laughs> I did not go to London. No, we're all back here. But uh, We were at a god-awfully long awards. DGA award ceremony. Well, at least you were fed, oh. Clayton Davis. Clayton was in... Hey, those sandwiches looked good. What? They did not, they did not look good. Nor... I was literally drinking British tea in London, and I saw Michael Schneider post a photo of the sad spread of the DGA the awards. But they were like little tea sandwiches. I it love those was, things. It, it looked like they were feeding rabbits. It looked pretty... Uh, it was... It was these tiny little, sad. like, you know, my, you know, when my kids were five, they could make nicer sandwiches than this. But lo- they, I love little 
little sandwiches. But we That's did, the whole thing about tea. We did keep our annual tradition of me sneaking uh, liquor to, yeah. <laughs> to to the press room Clayton for saved, Mike. Clayton for Mike saved the day. Yeah, and Salome. Salome did great. Her yeah. first uh, ceremony. I got fed at the art director's guild. They served chicken, dessert, and salad. I always appreciate go. some chicken. I wish they Art Directors Guild knows how to treat their reporters. Mm. Exactly. ADG. Yeah, ADG over DGA. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day. The funny thing is, I think it was maybe maybe like 7 a.m. in London, and I was waiting for the DGAs to announce the winner, even though I knew who it would be. And I kept checking back and checking back, and I was like, this is ridiculous. It's at 7 a.m. here. It must be so late. That show goes on forever and ever, too. That's the other thing is, you know, that's that's. Is it because all the nominated directors for best film speak? Well, that that typically is a problem this year. I mean, we were minus one because Martin McDonough wasn't there. Um, But then they renamed the first time director award. And the intro to that was I'm not exact. Maybe twelve minutes, like maybe yeah. that was twelve minute speech. It was like they were wow. giving Michael Apted an award, yeah, even though they weren't. Yeah, they and, were just naming an award after him, and then they played a video package they had, after. They were like, "We got all the time in the world." Meanwhile, yeah. again, us reporters sitting in the press room who had been barely fed mm. are starving. <laughs> there was no food. Yeah, uh, but I digress. Yeah, it was Why good for you my just diet. Put, like six little sandwiches together and make one big sandwich. I mean, there could... weren't even so there weren't any left. Did yeah. you not see the photo? <laughs> it, went, it, went, it went pretty fast. <laughs> I saw some wilted lettuce on that platter. I could have eaten, eaten some. That. Next year, I'm ordering pizza and mm. I'm having it delivered to the DGA press room. Nice. That's I was going to grab a plate of steak and bring it in to Mike, but then I felt like if I walked in, people would just attack me. It'd be like <laughs> it'd be like a a, a boat. You it'd know, be like the Last of Us. Yeah, right? the last of us, exactly. Yeah. Can't do that. Uh, but but I digress. That that's uh, we we could get to the heart of the matter and talk about uh, some of the winners, which I- yeah. interesting mix at the DGA. Starting off with the film side because obviously that's the side that gets to give speeches, you know, multiple times. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> everyone's a winner. Everyone's on the a winner. film side. Exactly, not for TV, but uh, the Daniels. The Daniels did it. They did it. Of uh, course I, they did, and I know. People were going to be surprised, and I'm surprised anyone is surprised. Uh, you know, even even with me predicting it, I was still like, "That's home field advantage for Spielberg." Like, it's yeah. it's you're, you lost on your home turf, and it felt very like, "Oh damn!" Like, all right, the Daniels are going to do it. You and know what's interesting is that when Spielberg was giving his like uh, nomination speech or whatever they call those things, yeah. the I didn't win, but I get a medallion speech. Yeah. He gave like the speech. So it's yeah. almost like he knew yeah. that he probably he wasn't going to win because he had to give like the good speech mm. uh, before you know, they, they actually gave out the award. He's done that two years in a row now because he was nominated last year for West Side Story and gave another great speech then. Um that Chloe Zhao also came out last year. So Chloe Zhao is not good luck for Spielberg anymore. And, and yeah, so uh, he keeps so losing. wait, they they all give a speech about their film or yeah. whatever, like accepting the medallion, yep. and then they have to give another speech when, they when win. the DGA winner wins. Correct. That's why it's a long night. That, yeah, it's pretty, and just the film. Remember, just the film people. Right, right. Hmm. Poor TV people. It's like, nope, you, you, like, you, nope. you don't get a consolation prize. And you know what What was infuriating about the length also was that so many people weren't there who won. So it shouldn't have gone on as long as it did. And it still did. Right, because so. everybody was in London for the BAFTAs. Or, or just or not just there. Not I don't there. know why Bill Hader didn't go. Like, 
guess maybe he thought he was going to win. Well, hopefully he's working on a new uh, season of Barry. Maybe oh, yeah. that's it. But he's he's yeah. won many times. So in hindsight, yeah, in hindsight, he was the the obvious choice. I didn't think about it at the time, but. Yeah, in hindsight. You're I like, think, oh, yeah, kind of, yeah. Part of the reason, too, is those packages are so long. They mm. they don't think about, like, cutting those packages. They, it's a screener. They're like, hey, here's a screener <laughs> of the movie and TV show. Like, you have nowhere to go, right? It's a Saturday night on a holiday weekend. Why don't we keep you hostage at the Beverly Hilton <laughs> yeah. for three hours? Why not? Uh, but also why the Daniels win is so significant. DJ has the best track record for Oscar Best Director winners. Only eight of the 75 have failed to win the Oscar. Three of them weren't nominated, and then the others were big upsets. Wow, so this uh, gives the Daniels a bit of an edge now. Uh, the, the, like yeah, it's, it's again, hard, it's hard. this is happening. I don't understand why people hmm. are resisting. They are uh, going to win listen, Best I, Director. I, I think, listen, that's something I needed to see in real time myself. I needed to see if they could potentially do it because it's, again, not like anything that the Oscars have nominated or awarded before it is a comedy it is genre sci-fi you know this is not like their fourth this is very cool of the academy and we've never known them to be this cool yeah. and it's they're pretty cool it, to yeah. Hear a parasite yeah I, yeah there was also Which, like, the, by the way he did not win dga did he he lost he lost every the, that's one of the dga uh, upsets that's the only movie to win the Oscar after losing all the major guilds, like only one SAG and that was it. It was a huge upset, like hindsight on that night. I think there was just still hope for some people or from some people that if Spielberg was going to do something or if the Fablemans was going to do yeah. something, it was on Saturday night. And yeah. that just cemented that, that the Daniels, and everything was yeah. much was a much stronger film, and then you get to Sunday. But. Yeah, it's, it's also that that's the last thing that Spielberg is at until Oscar night because yeah. there's no there's nothing else. I mean, Fablemans nominated for SAG, we don't expect it to win SAG Ensemble. It's nominated for PGA, and a lot of us aren't predicting that's going to win PGA. So um, I think if if he goes on to win the Oscar, the stat is he only he's going into Oscar night with just a Golden Globe. Wow. Last person to win the Oscar, only having a Golden Globe in hand, Mel Gibson. Braveheart. It's crazy. And by the way, Ron Howard got snubbed that year for Apollo 13. So would he have won if Ron Howard was there? Probably not because Ron Howard won DGA. So you have to kind of maneuver this weirdly to get something like that to happen. Hmm. Meanwhile, at the whatever hotel, Intercontinental in downtown LA, Florencia Martin took home production design for Babylon. Sorry, production, production design for Babylon win makes so much more sense to me now it, instead of score. Like it's going to win. I think it's going to win production design, not win score. Cause like score was always a weird thing. I think it could win when it doesn't have that wide support, but I think production design, you can do it like fine. Cause we've seen that happen before. Hmm. Oh, the score was so good though. It's a good score. It's a great. score. I saw it live uh, with Justin Hurwitz at uh, society of composers yeah. and lyricists. It was really awesome. Well, back to the DGA. Are we done with film? Talk about what <laughs> oh, and, Char- and, and Charlotte Wells won for After Sun, first time director, and Yay! she wasn't there. It was so sad, but she's a very. So much. Well, I was, uh, you know, at the um, Newport Beach Film Festival UK Honors, where we were presenting our ten Brits to watch uh, on Thursday, and both Paul Mescal and Frankie Corio were there. Paul mm. was being celebrated with award. Frankie's one of our ten Brits to watch, and oh my God, the love in that room 
for that movie and for Paul Meskel. Like part of me, I, I'm so grateful that I, I ended up doing something like 23 radio shows in uh, London on Friday. And I kept saying that Austin Butler was probably going to win Best Actor at the BAFTAs. And it was this really strange reaction where people were like, what, really? They were surprised. And then they would go on to tell me how much they loved him and loved the performance. So yeah. I was like, well, yes, then then why are you surprised? Again, it's home, um, it's, it's home But I was thinking advantage. if there was going to be any kind of an upset, it would be Paul because, oh, my gosh, how much people love that movie and love him. Yeah. But b- before we wrap up, uh, let's DGA, let's let Mike feel involved. Draw, by the way, got all my TV predictions wrong. Every single well, one. Well, TV, I mean, <laughs> good, every single one. good night for HBO. <laughs> let's, let's, let's say it. I mean, in hindsight, uh, like I was mentioning, uh, you know, Barry, Bill Hader had won – uh, twice in the past, yeah. so he, he should have been the front he was runner. Nominated for is a is a direct. It's amazing. It was the, it's seven, the episode yeah. seven ten North episode, yeah. and that was an incredible episode. So you get it. I, I was like totally hats off to Bill Hader because um, we it, that was a while ago, so we kind of forgot about Barry. Um, but or that season of Barry. <laughs> but I'm glad that uh, it, it got some some recognition. So in hindsight, not too surprising. But how about Euphoria? How about the, Sam Levinson? With had him, wow. had him last in, wow. in the ranks, like. <laughs> Didn't think I that think they I would did do too. it. Yeah. Did, didn't think they'd do it, but I go mean, ahead. I guess I really don't know who makes up the DGA. I just assumed it was an older voting body. And if, if it is, then that's doubly surprising that they would pick the youngest, like, skewing show uh, among the mix. And not, and white, that was the one that White Lotus was in, right? In that category? It was, it was in drama for DGA? No, that was in uh, comedy. comedy for D- for oh, yeah. So, what did I? What did we predict was going to happen? What, what were we expecting? I've now forgotten. Yeah, yeah. Now I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, it, like, really, it like, really just like glossed over. But yeah, I mean, I mean, nice ending run for that show that season, you know? Because now SAG got Zendaya on uh, mm-hmm. on Sunday night for SAG, and I think she might. I think she's going to win SAG first time she's nominated at SAG. So. Uh, we'll see what happens. Then we can revisit this discussion when Euphoria comes back in seven to ten years, right? Because because <laughs> we don't know when we're going to get it back. All right, here I'll get you our nominees for this year, since we've all we all have like bad memories. Right. Um, it was Better Call Saul, Ozark, Severance is Severance. Yeah, Two we, severances. We thought, we thought it was going to be Ben Stiller, but yeah. in hindsight, they probably did cancel each other out. Yeah, and. And then you had uh, Jason Bateman for Ozark, and you had Vince Gilligan for Better Call Saul, which mm. I wouldn't have been surprised. I, I would have been very pleased. That was the number two. Yeah. Yeah, if, if Vince had gotten that. So very surprised by Sam getting Euphoria. And then also just uh, wrap up DGA, uh, Judd Apatow came out swinging <laughs> at oh DGA. Uh, listen, I, very very funny host. Like He's a very uh, interesting host, but he came with an agenda for Mr. Cruz. Yep, yep. Yeah. And uh, go to Variety.com to, if, if you haven't heard his uh, speech yet. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was also on, on I also have it on my TikTok because I was like all into that because it, it, was, it was funny. But then it was also – you saw some faces in the room change. Poor Joe Kaczynski, man. <laughs> Look Just, at Clayton like trying to be young with his TikTok. I know. I, was like, I, got I my, know. I, I'm not like a regular mom. I'm a cool mom, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, it's very funny when another award show is the talk of an award show. So, like at BAFTA after parties, everyone was talking about Judd Apatow and the DGAs. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So, really, got even there. Like people were talking about that, that's a sign. Oh, yeah. That's a sign of a good monologue. So, you know, yeah. shout, shout out to Judd Apatow. You know, because 
You know, he's we, – we forget now that he started as a comedian. <laughs> I, I love his uh, directors talking to direct talking about directing bit that he does. He had Oliver Stone this year and that was very, very – It was fun. good. Uh, you know, again, maybe just keep it online. Don't need to watch it in the room. Yeah, because uh, we, at that point <laughs> we were there for like 30 hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, going to BAFTA now across the pond <laughs> where All Quiet on the Western Front won Best Film and Director and seven prizes in total. And again, like I get why we're surprised about this one, but it was the nominations leader with 14 yeah. nominations. Yep. But did anyone predict it for Best Picture? <laughs> um, I didn't, um, but I will say it, it, it's, it's interesting to see the pendulum swing, like – you know, DJ really establishes everything everywhere. And then at BAFTA, it wins one for editing. And I think there are people that are taking it too lightly. They're like, oh, that's Brits. We didn't expect anything. BAFTA's been on point the last few years. And I think that is a signal that the international vote probably isn't heavily in favor for it. So it's going to need – If it's, I think it's still going to do it. But I don't think it's a runaway like – we think it is. I mean, I spoke, I think I spoke to Chloe, we, we spoke afterwards and I was like, I, I felt in that morning, I looked at the nominations and the predictions again and it was like, oh, I think All Quiet is really going to resonate because mm. I did that Q&A too on Super Bowl Sunday and it was packed. And I was like, this should have not been a full room, but no. people were really coming out to see this film and- it was also the makeup of the winners because, like, Banshee's had a really good day also. Yes, it, it is. Because yeah. Barry Keoghan, by the way, that's – it wasn't – like, Barry Keoghan, by the way, is incredible in Banshee's. It was that, that – And a true supporting performance. And yes. a true supporting yes. performance. And that was an act – because if it was Brendan Gleeson, I'd be like, oh, that's like – like that's Lazy BAFTA being Lazy BAFTA. They just go in like, you know, Brendan Gleeson. To choose Barry is a choice. And I was like, oh, damn. Like they really like Banshees, which is why I think Banshees is going to win screenplay now probably over everything everywhere. Banshees is going to win something, I think, mm-hmm. on the night now. And I feel good that it's going to win something because for Barry and Carrie to win – and not Colin Farrell, which again, home field advantage. Like, mm. if you, like when, when he lost, I was like, oh, damn, I guess maybe like it's that Colin's just not like he could be like, listen, he could win SAG, sure, could turn it around there. But Austin, I felt like was the only one that needed to win both BAFTA and SAG to win Oscar. And I think, well, now he's halfway there. Yeah. And now he's probably going to do it. Yeah, I mean, SAG voters especially love Austin. And, not, and because he has that trajectory that I think. You know, actors they they that they hope will happen to them. You know, and and the perception is is that you just need this one breakout role. Now, Austin Butler's been working for some time and doing very good performances. He's a SAG Award nominee as a member of the uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood ensemble. Like, you know, those in the industry know, but a lot of the perception is like, hey, they just plucked this guy from obscurity. He got to play Elvis, and now he's a star. It's what people it's like, thought helped no. uh, Rami Malek, yeah. you know, when Rami Malek won. Yes. Even though he was already an Emmy winner by that point. But mm. people yeah. were right, like, oh, right. I would love that to happen to me. You know? So, And listen, the musical biopic is is powerful. It's dangerous. It, like, <laughs> resonates. Well, I'm not- surprised. So many people in uh, London were telling me how much they loved Elvis. And I, I don't know why I'm surprised other than, like, I just think of him as such, like, an American icon. I didn't. I didn't know, but I guess he really is a worldwide, yeah, thing. Elvis or Austin Butler? Yeah, both. Both. <laughs> both at this point, let me tell you. Well, that's what I was telling Jen because I was like, growing up in London, like Elvis was. Yeah, he was an American institution. He never even played Europe at all. 
Right, um, and we discovered right, why in the movie, to. why he couldn't. Mm. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Austin probably gets 100% of the but, voters that are in Hawaii, right? Because isn't that like home field oh, Elvis that's right, Presley like <laughs> territory? <laughs> um, but yeah, so Austin won uh, actor. Edward Berger won director for All Quiet, by the way. He is the first director to win BAFTA without having an Oscar nomination since Ben Affleck Argo, and then Argo won Best Picture. So I think we should just bring it up now. Wow. What What do we think? All I, I think All Quiet probably now is the biggest winner on the night, but it won't win Best Picture. Is that like, does that feel right? I think it wins like five. That'll be the most, but. That'd key? Be it. Hmm. Wins key. Key? Uh, key all, wins. All, all Quiet. All sc- oh. Oh, it's All Quiet. Yeah, All Quiet, the total wins that it, ha- it makes on the night. The other thing is win cinematography, sound. Score, adapted screenplay, international feature. That sounds right. But I are we ruling out makeup? Makeup could, but I think that's I think because Austin's winning, I think he's gonna win makeup. <laughs> I think Elvis wins makeup yeah. now. And, yeah. it won, and it won uh because it, it won the guild. It won, it won the guild and it won BAFTA, so it's pretty hard now to bet against it. Yeah. Well, I think we should switch gears now and talk. wait, wait, one quick one quick yeah. thing. Did okay. you all cause I heard they edited it out of the the broadcast? That uh, the wrong name. Yeah, Carrie Mulligan. Actress was called. They said Carrie mm-hmm. Mulligan instead of Carrie uh, Condon. Yeah, it was the, it um, was the was, interpreter's yeah. fault. The room uh, was that, not that oh. confused because they put Carrie Condon's name on the screen, and Troy Kotzer, who was presenting, signed uh, Carrie, Condon. Carrie Condon. And apparently, it was—I don't believe it was his translator. It was a different translator mistakenly announced Carrie Mulligan and everyone was really cool and understanding about it. Like that, like, and apparently even Carrie Mulligan, like didn't get up from her seat. She knew. Oh, she was there. I didn't know if she was there or not. That's what I heard. Yeah. I heard she was, I think it was lost in British sign language. Well, from American Sign Language to British Sign Language, and that's where the mix up happened. That's where she didn't get, yeah, she didn't get up. So, Interesting. Everyone was very gracious and understanding, though. Yeah. But, and Angela Bassett did but, her thing. But, but Angela, ba- Angela, Angela Bassett <laughs> did, it, did, did the thing. <laughs> Love me some Ariana DeBose till the day I die. <laughs> uh, SAG, SAG time. Yeah, we got to talk SAG because uh, it is happening this weekend. So <sighs> There's so much. There's so much. <laughs> so well, you want to start with TV and then we'll do Yeah, film? let's start with TV. Uh, all right. So TV uh, drama ensemble, we got uh, – now this is where White Lotus is in drama, uh, which as we know now, Ooh. it will also be at the Emmys. Uh, so you got White do we, Lotus. Do we agree with that uh, choice, by the way, uh, for drama versus comedy? Yeah. yeah. I think it's yeah. drama. I do. It's, a it's, dra- drama? it's drama with some humor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's tough because most 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 comedies are dramas these days and most dramas are comedies. Mm-hmm. That is true. So yeah. it's, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> up is down, down is up. But yeah, so we got White Lotus, Sicily. Uh, we've got Better Call Saul. We got The Crown. We got Ozark. We got Severance. I'm going White Lotus. Same. Yeah, I think you got to go White Lotus. I'm going Severance. Ooh, Ooh. upset pick though. Actors, that's my number two. Actors love, yeah. love that show. Yeah. Every time I predicted though, it hasn't done <laughs> what, I needed, <laughs> what I wanted to do. So this is me hedging my bets. Well, speaking though of, of White Lotus for drama actress, you got Jennifer Coolidge. You got Zendaya. Julia Garner, Laura Linney, and Elizabeth Debicki. Um, again, kind of got to go Coolidge, right? I'm going Zendaya, but Coolidge oh, is my upset I'm... pick. But, but I actually feel stupid not choosing Julia Garner because I know it's going to prove me wrong. It's going to prove me wrong. So probably Julia yeah. Garner. Yep. 
But I'm, but I'm, Julie Garner is I'm, unstoppable. Yeah, I'm going Zendaya. Coolidge. Yeah. Just yeah. think po- populist. Like, same reason why Austin Butler is probably winning actor. I think Zendaya probably – it's her first time getting nominated. So I think they're going to make up for it now. Now, actor, you've got Jonathan Banks. you got Jeff Bridges, Adam Scott, Jason Bateman, and Bob Odenkirk. <sighs> I know I'm, I, I, I know I'm not – I know I'm going to be wrong, but I'm doing Odenkirk. I'm going Bob. I hope uh, you're right. Well, I think Adam Scott. I'm going to lean towards Adam Scott. Yeah, you're on the severance train. Yeah, you're on the severance train. I am. But, well, you know, they did send me a, a lovely um, Valentine's Day gift. So. Oh, yeah. That, there the, you go. That yeah. won your heart. Too much shredded, shredded paper. Yeah. I think the upset pick is Jason Bateman because uh, yeah. he's always – he's an actor's actor kind of guy. I feel yeah. like he, he's won, and he's won, won before. And he's won before at SAG, hasn't yeah. he? Like, yep. Kind of in a sub- bit of a surprise. He's yeah. a Viola Davis of SAG. Multi-hyphenate. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So comedy, we got Barry, we got The Bear, we got Hacks, we got Only Murders, and we got Abbott. I'm going Abbott. I thought yeah. you were um, calling The Bear, Barry. I thought you were like, you know, Barry, The Bear. Yeah, Barry, The, the Bear. Barry versus The Bear. <laughs> the Barry. I think Abbott. Yeah. 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 I think Abbott with The Bear as the spoiler. Bear spoiler, oh. yes. Yeah. Another, another show that actors love is Hacks. Ooh, I have now, that. I have I'm that rank not glass. saying I'm predicting it, but it is set in the industry. Yeah, you know it is. But I, I do it, think it was a long so much to it. That season two was a long time ago now. Yeah, so it's probably yeah. You're right about that. Like oh, even God, Je- it was so good though. Even Jean Smart feels like a flip coin in her category, where like normally she feels like she she's going to run away with it. Yeah, well, let's get that then. Yeah. So, uh, actress, you got Rachel Brosnahan, you got Jenna Ortega, Christina Applegate, Gene Smart, and Quinta Brunson. This is interesting because I feel like there's a sentimental vote, obviously, for Christina Applegate at the moment. I think people may want to do that. Uh, and then Quinta, I feel like, is the purity vote that people want to happen. But I'm going to go – just go safe and go Gene Smart. Yeah. That's it. See, I'm going Jenna Ortega. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Janelle is zigging. Janelle is, she is. zagging. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going Quinta. I'm, I'm pretty cocky after that Austin Butler call, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's either Quinta or Jean. That's a hard one, yeah. you know? Um, so we'll see. And then for actor, uh, Anthony Kerrigan, Martin Short, Steve Martin, Bill Hader, or Jeremy Allen White from The Bear. Jeremy, Jeremy. Allen White. Yeah. Yeah, where are you, Janelle? Jeremy Allen White? I'm leaning towards Jeremy, yeah. yeah. I just don't know. That category is ridiculous. Upset pick, though, Steve Martin. How do you choose? They like like vets. They can go vet on that. But, yeah, I think it's Jeremy Allen White. Now for uh, movie or limited series. Evan Peters, my God. Like, it's just like such a, like, like, oh, (laughs) enjoy it, man. Like, just just go ahead. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, you've got Paul Walter Hauser, who has been on a winning tear, but that's supporting. Oh, my God. Uh, Taryn Egerton also, and then Steve Carell and Sam Elliott. I mean, everyone loves Sam Elliott. Wait, can we say this out loud now? Now that we have a network, you know, Netflix is going to play it next year. Mm-hmm. SAG, we can add supporting categories now. We don't have to do this anymore. This is really silly. Oh, we can do it like a three-hour show. Like, <laughs> no, not even no. three. You're adding like two, four more categories. It, like the show already moves yeah. so fast. It could still probably be two hours. All right. Suddenly you're asking for uh, longer I want, award shows. I want supporting – if you do supporting categories for film, why not do them for TV? This is true. This is true. Or do an ensemble yep. for limited because that's also silly that they don't have an ensemble category. That's a good point. Um, Michael, I'm, did you purposely leave off one of the nominees because they're the obvious winner? Uh, Evan Peters. Well, didn't we say Evan Peters? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I started with Evan Peters. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Yeah. If it, yeah, if, it, if there's any spoiler, it's Paul Walter Hauser because actors love him also. But yeah, Evan's pretty unstoppable. My upset pick is Sam Elliott. Just going vet. Yeah. Oh, Sam Elliott. When, when in doubt, just go vet. Uh, for uh, actress Emily Blunt, Jessica Chastain, Julia Garner again, our Julia Garner, <laughs> Nisi Nash Betts, and Amanda Seyfried, which way closer way, than you think. Yeah. But I'm I'm gonna stick with Amanda. It's safe. Amanda, but yeah. Nisi Nash, you are right there. Like it could happen, and Julia Garner, like <laughs> win both if you want. I mean, like whatever. We're just here in your world. Yeah. Although Jessica's Amanda left, hasn't but... lost a thing, has she? No, no, no. no she's unstoppable. So. All right, so that's the uh, the key categories. Uh, now, oh, TV stunt ensemble, House of the Dragon. Don't leave yeah. out the stunt people. And, that's true. And uh, film stunt, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, there you go. But make sure you guys know you, that you're loved. All right, and that's it for this edition. <laughs> of, uh... <laughs> All right, uh, uh, supporting actor: Kiu Kwan, Barry Keoghan, Brandon Gleason, Paul Dano, Eddie Redmayne. Key, enjoy, key. enjoy it. Key, key all day. Yeah. But Barry Keoghan, I guess, upset pick, though? I, like, I had him three a while ago, but I'm just going to – we could say he's two, right? Yeah. yeah. Safe to say. Uh, supporting actress, we have Angela Bassett from Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Jamie Lee Curtis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Carrie, Carrie Condon, not Carrie Mulligan, uh, <laughs> Carrie Condon, The Banshees of Inna Sharon, Hong Chow, The Whale, and Stephanie Shu. Everything Everywhere All at Once. I think Angela – I am so tempted to predict Stephanie Shu. Because really? again, I don't know how you see that movie and like don't walk away without being the breakthrough performance of the year. Um, I'm going to say Angela Bassett, but I am petrified to s- not say Jamie Lee Curtis. I I feel Jamie definitely is she, popular. She's po- popularity. And we are underestimating that, but yeah, if there's going to be an upset, I think Jamie is going to be that. Person. Yeah, that'll be a fun speech if, if that yeah. happens. Yeah. But, but by the way, if she does win, then I, then I I don't I I won't know about Angela on the on the night. It's going to be quite interesting to Oops. see what happens now. I think Angela, I, I yeah I feel Angela gets it, but I would not be surprised if Jamie does. Sure. Interesting. Nobody's picking Carrie Condon. No, because uh, again, like they go popular. They, they do go populist typically. So I just think that they're going to go. That's why I think Angela or Jamie. Uh, Stephanie Shoe is a good purity vote. But I think I, I think Carrie, if Carrie wins this, then congratulations, Carrie. I think you're winning Oscar oh, yeah. now. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I mean, people so. love her in that movie. And I just don't see Banshee's going home empty handed. But by the way, it would be. The, but maybe it won't. It'd be, it would be yeah. the quote unquote biggest loser in SAG history if it does, if it goes 0 for 5. It's already tied for the most nominated ever. So it would be the biggest loss. But then we go to actor, and then we'll see it's Austin Butler, Brendan Fraser, Colin Farrell, Bill Nye, and Adam Sandler. Go ahead, say Adam Sandler, Janelle. Choose, choose something. <laughs> just just, just go for it. Choose violence. I would choose love violence. To. I actually, it's, it's Colin or Austin, I believe. I think it's awesome. Although, you know, Austin actors also love Brendan Fraser. Yeah. I think it's awesome. I have Brendan. never seen a response to like the way that people respond to Brendan Fraser. It is a deep, deep love. Yeah. This is a little bit of home field advantage. I feel like if Frazier loses this, then I'm like, okay, like it's a good run. But if, if Austin wins this, it's done. He's winning Oscar. Colin wins this, then we have a really good race on our hands. 
Now, actress, I'm so curious. actress is probably the tightest, right? Yeah. I don't yeah. think it is. It, 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 like, I think we want to say it is, but maybe it's just isn't. I don't think it is. You have Kate Blanchett, yeah. you have Danielle Deadweiler, you have Viola Davis, Anna DeArmas, and Michelle Yeoh. Kate Blanchett has now won BAFTA. She's on her streak right now. This is Michelle Yeoh's last stand, as in my column this week. <laughs> it's Michelle Yeoh's last mm. stand. And this is, again, they go populist. This is the place to do it if she's going to win. And I think even if she won here, I probably still would choose Kate for Oscar. But really? I think so. I just never wavered on thinking Michelle's winning the Oscar, so we'll see. I mean, it's hard. Like, how do you pick, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I think if Kate wins this, by the way, the only person to ever lose the Oscar after winning all the televised award shows is Russell Crowe, A Beautiful Mind. Wow. Denzel Washington. So she just better not throw a phone at anyone. Uh, but think about all the things that need to happen that year. He needs to throw a phone. Uh, Sidney Poitier needs to get the Lifetime Achievement Award. Mm-hmm. Halle Berry needs to win SAG. And everyone goes, oh, wait, we can have this magic moment happen. So there's like all these like perfect storm of events have to happen. So uh, unfortunately, I think Michelle Yeoh is our Michael Keaton. Like it's not going to make sense when everything everywhere wins. And you're like, how do we not – how does Michelle not hold it alongside? Yeah. But yeah. I'm sticking with her. I'm Please, for me. Do that. I appreciate that. Do it for everybody. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Kate because it was you had a screening last week, right? At, I did a sad Q and A. I'm doing a sad Q and A tonight, also uh, for Danielle Deadweiler. So come on, Danielle, let's Idris Elba <laughs> this thing, man, <laughs> and then just like turn the whole race upside down. But it, no, I think I think it's Kate. I know some people who went to that, and I got text messages, and they're like, "That was such a great Q and A. She's getting my vote," and I was like. Oh, okay. Great. That's yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, uh, how do you argue with a Kate Blanchett? She's brilliant, right? Uh, yeah. Like, brilliant. Like, do do listen. It's and a- I have had apartment for sale. Big argument broke out over the weekend because Paul Thomas Anderson was uh, a DJ and called Tar. Like it's so funny, so incredibly funny. It's hilarious. Uh, no, there is funny moments. Like I would, he made it sound like it was a comedy, and I don't think. It's a comedy. You can it have has funny a moments. a lot of funny moments, though. Like, Ugh. and this whole, like, feeling throughout, like, little things, like, when, you know, when she erases her score and just, like, the look on her face. I, like, I there, just, there is a dark humor underlying I'm sure. No, there movie. is. I, I feel like it would be like me going up there and being like, Hangover is so moving, guys. <laughs> it's a moving, moving film. Hey, I cried when they found Justin Barth on uh, Yeah, sure <laughs> it is. And then a uh, big award ensemble, Banshees, Babylon. The Fablemans, everything, everywhere, all at once. Women talking. I mean, I think we're in agreement what should win here. Women talking, but it's not going to, right? I think like there's a lot of people who kind of want that to happen, which will, by the way, cause this race to be in even more anarchy than it is right now. But I am going everything everywhere. Everything everywhere. Yeah. This feels like the 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 lockiest lock of all these categories uh no it doesn't feel like yeah. a lock no well I, it I, actually doesn't no no i right. i'm really tempted to do banshees because again i don't yep. know banshees yep. going home empty-handed really doesn't it doesn't sound make, right it doesn't yeah. sound right at, at sag so by the way then we would have you know everything ha- like every film oh sorry every film would have like one piece of something uh it would be like 2001 a beautiful mind again a different film won all the major guilds we could have that again We'll see. But I'm going everything everywhere. It just feels fine for the moment. All right. Yeah. What are we doing? Do what are we, I'm being what, stubborn and predicting guys? this everything everywhere all at once sweep. <laughs> all its categories, basically. 
Um, and then let's end it appropriately. Last of Us. <laughs> <laughs> it is What's, su- such a good show. It's the best. <laughs> oh, uh, we honored Bella Ramsey at 10 Brits to Watch as, on Thursday. As we and should. yeah, she was also, in addition to Paul Meskel, quite the belle of the ball. I mean, the Bella of the ball, you mean? I knew that uh, was coming. Nice. I knew I set myself nice. up for that. Yes, nice. of course you did. I mean, future lead actress drama nominee, Bella totally. Ramsey. Yeah. Like, I think. Like, uh-huh. that, that category is going to get interesting. Yeah. But if Pedro Pascal isn't, like, triple nominated this it year, is. I'm going to oh. burn this oh, place to the ground. It is He's Pedro brilliant. Pascal's world. Like, um, to the ground. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, when you think about it, like Last of Us, Mandalorian, and then his SNL guest yeah. stint, just like every category. And he should have been Oscar nominated for The Unbearable Weight of Magic. Yes. Talent, yes. Thank you. 100%. See, that's where Janelle comes through for us, man, when she comes in with stuff like that. Was 100% that's the only true. time? <laughs> yeah, it's the only time. Um, but also, just uh, on its face, I don't know if you noticed this when I did the Emmy predictions, a lot of genre shows this year. Like, there's a lot of cool yeah. potential choices. Yep. And then I was like, wait. This looks too like populist. Right. You know, we have Andor, well, The Boys, Last of Us, House of the Dragon. Like we're gonna have like all these in the race. It's a, it's a new TV Academy. Mm-hmm. It's a younger skewing Academy. Maybe uh, you know this is this is the new age. This is it is. Oh, the, the Boys I, is so good. It's the IP era too of I, television. So. It is the IP Love era. it. Love it. But we'll see. Yeah. Only. Uh, 40 more years to go till Emmy. Right? <laughs> and your Emmy predictions are now up. E- Emmys are, Emmy predictions are now up. Go criticize accordingly. All right. Well, on that note, go to Variety.com. Check it out. And uh, who we got this week? Ooh, this week, the Daniels. DGA winners, the go. Daniels. Look at that. Uh, yeah, they are this week along with another surprise guest. I'll, I'll let you know soon enough. All right. Well, we already said it on the show, so <laughs> the people listening already know who it is. But. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. See you all next week. Bye. Bye. After the break, triple Oscar nominees, the Daniels. From Los Angeles, this is the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we're back. It's the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, and I'm Clayton Davis. Everything Everywhere All at Once has been nominated for 11 Oscars. Best Picture, Director, Actress for Michelle Yeoh, Supporting Actor for Kiyu Kwan, Two for Supporting Actress, Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Hsu, Original Screenplay, Costumes, Editing, Original Score, and Original Song. It's an undisputed frontrunner. The sci-fi comedy is in an excellent position to bring the Academy's most coveted prize home for A24. The same studio that pulled off the memorable Moonlight upset over La La Land at the 2017 ceremony. Hey mom, so about this morning... (sighs) Enough with your tricks. What? I know you're in there. Whoa, get out of my daughter. Hey mom, are you already drunk? 
Hey, Becky. Mm-hmm. Can you go help my dad with the party? No. Go yeah. Go, go. Thanks, babe. You see it all, don't you? You can see how everything is just a random rearrangement of particles in a vibrating superposition. I have no idea what you are talking about, but I can... (sighs) But you see how everything breaks down! What? Gets washed away in a sea of every other possibility. There was a running joke between writer and directors Daniel Kwan and Daniel Shiner during the first week of shooting Everything Everywhere All at Once. After successful first read-through and perfect shots and framework, the two would turn to one another and whisper, This is non-stop entertainment. And even though they weren't successful in getting a cameo of their Swiss Army man leading men, Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano into the film, because that was the plan... The joke is, it was God's honest truth. It was non-stop entertainment. On this episode of Variety Awards Circuit Podcast, we're sitting down with the Daniels, the dynamic duo, as they talk about the origins of their collaboration, which began in film school, how they assembled this outstanding cast and artisans ensemble, and what's next for them, both in the film and TV space. We began by discussing their own little origin stories you guys uh met at emerson mm-hmm. uh you're from massachusetts That's you're right. from alabama nailed it yeah alabama. All right. did your research i knew it was one of the a's um <laughs> was it love at first sight film at first sight what was it that uh brought you two together harry met sally we hated each other at first <laughs> yeah you know? or we tolerated each other i think i had full-blown uh, hate yeah. you, were, you weren't roommates right yeah no. we were roommates we had one animation class together uh so we, we really became friends after college but yeah, uh, it's, it's it's because we have very different um, classroom styles, you know, like I'm the kid in the back of the class who just wants to be working on his own thing. So I'm just kind of doodling and dreaming and, and doing the bare minimum in class because the projects were all I really cared about. And he's and I'm the one who's like, very I'm not active. here to make friends. This this college charges like $300, $400 an hour when yeah. you break down the tuition. This is brutal. <laughs> Don't you dare have me watch a movie in class. That's the most expensive movie I've ever seen in my life, which, you know, is not a great way to make friends. But also, but also the, so true. By the way. <laughs> very true. It doesn't cost too much. Yeah. Also, this, uh, us describing ourselves is like it's still an encapsulation of our, our collaborative, like just our collaboration. This is how we work. I like to hole away and just do stuff and be like, everyone leave me alone. And yeah, you're like, I, I like why does this cost too much? Why does this cost so much? That's a little true. You get out of the room. We don't need you. How- we got to manage our time right. We get exactly. the creative flow working. Like this is, yeah. this is valuable here. Yeah. We all have, we both have our own version of neuroses. Um, but we, we really hit it off because we both got a job at a summer camp teaching like middle school, high school kids how to do 
Um, I mean, I, we weren't even teaching. We were just uh, supervising. We were the supervisors, yeah. which is like a weird job to give us because we just uh, got them in trouble and made the movies uh, weirder and more dangerous. <laughs> it, it was so much fun. And we met during that period, or we really got to hang out during that period. And we, we made our first um, short film together. And that's kind of what kicked it all off. And our second short film was like kind of co-directed by kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember? We, we like, worked we were, with the kids because we like befriended some of them and then like, yeah, went and shot one of the shorts with them. Right. It was very fun. Stephanie and Cal. Yeah, Stephanie and Cal and, and a couple other people. Actually, um, we were recently at a event in New York City. Um, we were asked by the Lincoln Center to do a curated um, film series. And it was so much fun. But one of the nights, one of our campers was in the audience and he like stood up and said hi like, you were our ta you were our pas on the <laughs> yeah ta teaching TA, assistants the yeah. tas at summer camp like, um, oh my god you're an adult i know he's the <laughs> working like, adult yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kids <laughs> and a beard um but it was collecting yeah. social security now yeah. just yeah. like <laughs> being a full, full, full on adult <laughs> going back to your first short film uh, this is uh, all going into the origins of this wonderful collaboration that you two make. Uh, who approached you about making a movie first? Who asked who out first? I asked you to help do VFX on like some shorts and things, but yeah. and and in that era, uh, I did we I did a lot of commercial competitions, and I made an Old Spice commercial that I thought was really good, uh, and I did not win the oh, contest, but I still yeah. think it's good. I don't uh, know if they still do these, but they were really big when we when we were in college. Um, these ad agencies would be like, oh, we can get really cheap labor from students <laughs> if we do these competitions. Yeah, like a hundred free commercials. And, and then we get to pick the best one. We got to put it out and we pay them like $5,000, which yeah. is like a fraction of what a commercial With costs. no residuals. Exactly, in exactly. our brains, we were like, holy cow, the prize money is $5,000. Let's go. And, and so this is – this a is, lot of these. This was our, our, our school – like our college jobs. We would just pump these out trying to like uh, find money um, that way. I, I won a couple. You won a couple. And it's actually it's how we got um, the money to buy our equipment. You know, I bought a camera because of it, and he bought a. You bought your I iMac. Bought a camera too. You bought your iMac too. Uh, you did like I a, think so. With he, a did, he, he did contest. a really good dibs commercial. It was pretty awesome. It's uh -huh. just like a guy uh, running into a kitchen and smashing all the plates and silverware and everything, and, and being like, "We don't need bowls. We have dibs. You can eat ice cream with your hands." <laughs> yeah. And then my roommates get really mad at me for smashing yeah. everything. Yeah, it's good. Uh, and then he did an Etsy commercial that was like carefully animated, all made by himself in his bedroom. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, um, but it, it, you know, I think it does speak to both of our our um, just our approach to filmmaking, which is very much like. What are the parameters? Yeah. What do we have around us? What can we do with these things? Um, it's, it's almost like a game. Um, and, uh, and so when we first started working together, he asked me to do some visual effects on, on one of his. It's the burger one, right? You pull a burger out of yeah, your yeah. armpit. It's, oh, it's so that dumb. like, so I'm just gonna pitch this commercial. Okay, <laughs> sorry, this is fun. Uh, it, it starts and it's, uh, and I put on like normal deodorant. It's really powdery. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, oh, residue is evil. And then I use uh, Old Spice, and it looks beautiful, and there's beautiful animations that he did. And then I reach into my pocket and pull out a full hamburger, and then it just... Not your the, pocket, out of your armpit. My yeah. armpit, yeah. yeah. And I'm excited, and I take a bite, and then the voiceover just goes, hamburger. 
use Old Spice. It's <laughs> like so. I just awkward. wanted the new slogan of Old Spice to be the word hamburger. hamburger. <laughs> I don't know why that didn't work. It, and, it, and it didn't win. Yeah, yeah, no, that one lost hard. I did a couple that lost hard. I did a Butterfinger commercial where I just I just bit off my finger and ate a stick of butter and then had like blood and you know butter dripping down my face. That didn't sell. Can I kindly candy. ask you for the exclusives of these videos? Oh, <laughs> try to track them. Down. I would love oh to see God. these and just like the the, the origins of of the Daniels or yeah. it's going to be such a good documentary series. Yeah, so the, yeah, I don't think you helped on the Butterfinger one. You can tell the VFX are bad. <laughs> we'll I know what Quan didn't touch. Exactly. <laughs> I needed Quan's help at that point. But yeah. your initial question was our first short film, yeah. uh, which I think Dan asked me to help because he had just gotten a new camera and it was sort of like, I want to film something silly to see how this camera works. So it was like after work, we went and kind of wrote and shot it in like an hour and a half uh, on the playground by his apartment um, starring yeah. us. And I was like, that was my first time where I was like, Dan Kwan's a pretty good actor. I'm going <laughs> to put him in a music video one day. <laughs> the Marlon Brando of, of our time. That's what we say. Um, let's go to everything, everywhere, all at once. It's been a year. Coming up on South by Southwest, kicking off the weekend of the Oscars. You are the fifth directing duo ever nominated for is that the Oscar? The stat? That's, that's, wow. that's Clayton's for stat. Oscar or for for in the directing category. Oh, directing. Yeah, it was wow. uh, it was um, West Side Story, of course. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Heaven Can Wait, Warren Beatty, mm-hmm. Buck Henry. Yeah, wow. and then twice with the Coen Brothers, uh, True wow. Grit, and No Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men wow. uh, One Best Picture, so did West Side Story. Wow. So. It's good, good just, company. Just, 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 it's really good company. Um, yeah, go ahead. What are you asking about? What's the, what's the most famous movie of all time where they Wizard go to Wizard of Oz? Yeah. <laughs> you know this really obscure movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's an obscure movie. You heard it here first. Yeah. I don't know the name of Wizard of Oz. Um, no, I think I think Wizard of Oz had like four directors who like dropped on and off. They didn't collaborate, yeah, yeah. but it was like in the old studio model. And I remember hearing that as like such a funny anecdote of just like that it, it used to be so much more of a machine where a director would come on and off, and oh, there'd sure. be a whole crew of them, right. and uh, which is so kind of funny. But looking at this now, um, you know, obviously you made history there. Um, one of 54 movies that have ever received 11 or more Oscar nominations. There have been 591 nominated for Best Picture in history. Wow. And you're one of 54 that have 11 or more. Top when 10% you, when, rock and roll. That, take, me back to, <laughs> take me back to day one of Everything Everywhere mm. and what your mind set is. Because at that point, together, you only had Swiss Army Man. Yeah. So what did you – did you think it would get anywhere near where you are right now? Day one, as in shooting, as in writing, or let's, start, let's, sh- let's go shooting. Let's go, let's go shoot, shoot day one. No, day one was unreal, but it, it it is like a good thing to focus on because I think it was just this moment where we'd been working for years on this movie and we couldn't believe it was actually happen. happening. And and day one, we were shooting the family in the audit, so we literally had Jamie and Michelle and James uh, Key, and Key at, all there. Steph Shue wasn't actually on the call sheet at the very beginning. Right. For the first day, but she wanted and to she come. wanted to come, so she just came because she wanted to be there for the first day. Yeah, um, we had a, this whole um, Hong Kong style ceremony. You know, uh, Key and Michelle they they taught us that on every Hong Kong shoot, there's a um, a big ceremony, lots of fruit, incense. Everyone in the crew gets to put incense into the into the pot, and then there's a a, 
a suckling pig and the tradition is you have you know everyone in charge everyone who's steering the ship has to hold the knife and cut through the suckling pig and one smooth um it's it's a it, you know it's a cooked pork dish um and yet it cuts straight through the body of the pig um and that would symbolize a smooth shoot um and and so we did all of this with the whole crew. It took a long time. It's actually very funny. It's the opposite of efficient, but um, <laughs> they are our AD and producers and me. We're all pretty stressed. We're like, this is worth it, right? This is yeah. worth it. Uh, let's it, get back inside. It was it was so fun and really beautiful. And 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 to Shiner's great. point, like uh, beyond even thinking about like Oscars or anything like that, like before you can even think about any of that stuff, you just have to think about what a miracle it is to make any movie that is a independent film that is not not coming from a franchise or from a studio um where the very fact that you get to make it is the win um i have some we have so many friends who are so talented with these incredible projects who are just constantly stuck in different versions of development hell and we thought we were going to be next you know this movie took so long to 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 get to where it was ready to to shoot because of cast schedules because of money falling through it was um it was honestly that that day was um, was was all we could have asked for at that point so this right here sitting here talking about the the historical context of our nominations and and whatever is is um surreal i've seen thousands of evelyns you can access all of the memories their emotions but it instantly felt good the movie like yeah like the 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 very first read through with the cast we were like this is good this is the most fun read through (laughs) i've ever had and then like uh and then the the moment we started shooting like i remember that first week we would kind of go we'd step aside to each other and the running joke became that we would just whisper to each other like this is nonstop entertainment (laughs) (laughs) every shot we got like we were like that was a that was a good that was performance. Good. Like, yeah. Holy that was cow, a good they're good. Yeah, exactly. like, so we're like, yeah. I don't know if a movie can hold this much entertainment. You know, I, I, <laughs> I, I do want to give one shout out to the two people who who thought before we even started shooting, they thought this movie had like huge potential. Uh, and it was, it, both these conversations happened right after the cast read through. Mm-hmm. We were sitting in a room with the main family. It's you know James Hong, Michelle Yeoh, Ki Kui Kwan, Stephanie Shu, and us. And we're just sitting around and we read through the whole script for the first time. It's literally uh, less than a week before we start shooting because of schedules. We have no time to rehearse. This is the first time we're all in the same space. And the moment we're done um, – Key's wife, Echo Kwan, who just so happened to stay up all night the night before um, translating the the script for us um, without our permission. She just did it because she's like, like adjusting the translation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She read the first pass of our translation. She's like, this is not good. good we can do better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and she came up to us and was like, this script has a very powerful, powerful soul. And we're like, okay. Um, and it's so powerful. It is sucking in all these other strong souls. And together, we're going to make something very, very special. It's going to be very successful all around the world. <laughs> and, and, Wait, all right. Echo. Okay. Echo. Thank you. Um, uh, goodbye. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, it's, she has a very spiritual way of looking at the world and she filtered that into, um, into our process like she brought that spirituality onto our set she she rearranged our our equipment sometimes for feng shui reasons you know she was very much um involved throughout all of it and the, her words have have stuck with me ever since the movie came out because i'm like of course she was right she she knew way before any of us we were making fun of her and she was uh right the whole time and then the other person was uh james wyatt our 
personal assistant at the time who is also a writer and he's very talented um and you're probably going to be seeing him someday more in the future but uh he pulled he pulled me aside and was like do you think you're going to win an Oscar for this one? And I was like, <laughs> I like literally laughed in his face because, you know, he's my naive assistant who yeah. knows nothing about uh-huh. the industry. And I, and I, 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 yeah, I said, I don't, I don't, I can't even think about that, but that's very funny. Thank you. Um, and then, and then I walked away. Um, but, uh, I, I think that, that reading now looking back on it was very special. The script reading, because, the only reason why this movie works is because of this incredible cast. Um, whenever we get any sort of ensemble recognition for this movie, that's when I'm most proud because I feel like one of our uh, greatest achievement in making this movie was putting those humans together into one movie. And so I think that was present that first day we saw it. And now obviously they're being so you've hired for Echo it. for life now, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. fired James. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now that our new. Yeah. Uh, she is. Uh, the She's best. she is the best. Highly recommend. Just bring her to your set for vibes she, alone. She has know? great hugs and she also just like gives like she's just very happy to just oh, oh my God. see everything. Like it's she's the greatest cheerleader. I mm-hmm. love that you even know who Echo is. That's oh yeah, amazing. Echo yeah. is she, yeah. she is like the bedrock of award season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one's written about that yet. I will. <laughs> oh, um, you should. Yeah, That's it's amazing. it's coming. Um, Michelle Yeoh, sixty-year-old mm. woman looks 25 yeah. so looks exactly the same yeah. as she did in 1995 man just like <laughs> like i don't know isabel rossellini gave her the potion and death becomes her she took it there we, we all we all know this <laughs> i i'll be honest i have i have dark days when i'm an oscar pundit i didn't think we would ever get to michelle yo mm. i wasn't i i didn't yeah. think we were gonna get to it yeah and we did yeah it's here now talk about this dream of working with her tell me Everything that's great about her on set, and then we'll get to the gossip. And then you, get, yeah. And then tell me the bad. So, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I mean we we're huge fans of hers, and uh, but she plays some pretty scary characters. And uh, I kind of had a thought, like, what if we meet her and she's uh, she's more like the crazy rich Asians mom than she is, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, sweet and gentle. And mm-hmm. uh, and it was such a relief when we the moment we met her because she was like so sweet and funny and vulnerable and self-deprecating but also us deprecating and like us deprecating she was making fun of us teasing (laughs) us like immediately for like our weird little script but like it was uh it was just such an exciting moment because uh on one hand i could instantly see myself collaborating with this person and 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 having like such a fun time but also i was immediately like there's more to this woman than the roles she's been playing and that's like as a filmmaker, always just so exciting to be like, oh, I don't have to, this isn't going to be that hard. Like the, all I have to do is capture this, this energy right here at this table and audiences are going to be like, this is new. Um, that being said, Evelyn, I'm still shocked sometimes when I see clips from the movie and I'm like reminded just how different Evelyn Wong is from Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Uh, and she it, did her work. Yeah, it's in a lot of little subtle ways. Just like her accent actually is 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 shifted from you know her being from uh, Malaysia, she shifts it over to a more Asian American immigrant uh, accent, and her body language is so um, stiff in a way in a way that like when when now that we we've spent a year promoting this movie with her. When we go back and we watch clips from the movie, we feel like oh, she really did transform herself for this film. Um, in the big ways, in the small ways, um, this because this role is is so. It was very fun for us because every every other day she would come up to us before a take and say. 
guys, boys, seriously call us boys, boys, yeah. you, uh, I've been working in this industry for a very long time and what you're asking me to do, I have never done before, but I'm doing it for you because I trust you. But if this movie turns out bad, I'm killing you both. <laughs> and she meant it. And she meant it, yeah. And she can do it. <laughs> she, exactly. I don't know. Maybe she uh, didn't. Know. It was terrifying. But also, it was like she would say that and she'd be very vulnerable with us in that mm-hmm. moment. And the moment you say action, she just does it and kills it. And you don't even sense any hesitation or you don't sense any um, any fact that this was the first time she did something like this. Yeah. And I, I, to me, as, uh, as a director watching the, that um, – that kind of bravery in, in an icon like her was, um, was really rewarding and very inspiring. I can only hope that when I'm her age, I'm still taking these kind of risks. Um, um, I don't know what that's going to look like, yeah. but yeah, I, hope but, I, I yeah. hope at her age, I can lift my leg yeah, like, exactly. higher yeah. than it requires to walk. Exactly. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis was here, um, uh, singing your praises and, and Michelle Yeoh's praises. And, uh, she said something I wanted to, she wasn't a thousand percent sure. She says that she's fairly certain it was Michelle Yeoh's idea to make the rock scene silent. Yes. Is that true? That was it Michelle. was, it was her, uh, I feel like, Oh, she was encouraging it. We, she just yeah. like, we were yeah. like, we're not sure we might add voices. And she was like, that's a bad idea. And right. we were like, but like, what if the audience, you know, gets bored? She's like, no, it, so it, she was more the curator of the idea where she like bullied us that like our hesitation yeah. was unwarranted. Yeah. We had two options. We're like, worst case scenario, we'll add subtitles. So we're going to record. The reason why I came up was because we asked her to record the subtitle or just record, uh, record the, the audio. The and voiceover. she was like, I don't yeah. want to. It should be subtitles, but I'll do it. But you're wrong. And, and she gave a really lovely, did, did, it, did it poorly on purpose? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. some like, new accent. Like, uh-huh. so in this universe, ha ha ha. Um, but no, she, she said. Uh, uh, she said, I, "When I read the script, I always imagined this would be like a Zen garden. Just, just. Mm. She's like, we should just hear nothing but wind, and we're like, okay." I think she's right. <laughs> yeah. And that I think that even informed where we shot it because we hadn't shot it yet. Right. And like we had talked about mountaintops and like beautiful vistas and stuff, but there was something about like. Zen garden made me think about rocks and sand and like, yeah. and deserts. And, uh, and then our, our cinematographer picked out the place that we were going to go. Um, yeah. But I mean, that, that's the one thing that was really surprising about her is I think she, um, she, she talks about our movie and, and in a way that kind of, um, diminishes what she did. If that makes sense. She's like, Oh, this movie is crazy. I don't know what's going on half the time. Um, but then you look at her, um, script, and literally, there are these little tabs, and they go all the way up the top, all the way down the bottom, all the way, th- or all the way down like the side, all the way down the bottom. Color coded And so it's literally the whole thing looks like a frilly dress of of notes that she was taking for the movie. And and you you have a conversation like that, and you go, "Oh, Michelle, you knew exactly what this movie was, and you're just kind of playing it cool." Michelle, you was that kid in class. I said, "I didn't study for the test, and they got a hundred. Exactly. And you're like, exactly. the irony is that was Dan at in college. Really? Yeah. His <laughs> final, he would turn in his final project, and it'd be so good. And I was like, what? You were that kid who never talked. Like yeah. you, you were just sitting over there and you were good at it all the yeah. time. Me, I don't like that Michelle. kid usually. I know, that, I'm kid, sorry. I, that kid is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. See, dumb. that's why he didn't like me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but I, I, I think it's like incredible how how much she truly understood this movie, especially when you think about many people her age um, who have read the script and also have seen the, the finished movie don't understand it like it, it, she was i can't imagine anyone else doing this movie not only because of her unique skill sets but also just because of her personality and just her her vision of the world like i think in a lot of ways this film um connects with her in um 
in a way that shouldn't have connected with someone her age, I think. And, and we're really thankful for that. I also just want to say that, like, she was the first person we cast. First person uh, to say yes. Yeah. First person to say yes. And then, like, you know, to echo Quan's point about the movie having gravity, like, she played a, p- a big part in who else came on board. Like Jamie came on board cause she wanted to work with Michelle. Uh, but also like Michelle really fought for our casting choices. Some of which weren't like the most famous person we could go out to, but like she really believed in key and Stephanie. Yeah. And she like also believed in like the Marshall club who did a lot of the, did the choreography who were kind of an untested group of, uh, you know, YouTubers and like, she she fought and believed in our scrappy, not particularly the obvious version of how to get a movie made approach. And uh, yeah, there's a reason why she's the executive producer on the movie, actually. Yeah, yeah but she like yeah, this which is just the ideal scenario with a lead actress to be like, oh, you're a collaborator, you're a part of the fabric of this movie, part of this ride. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Stephanie Shu has, she said she's been pitching this to you, so I need to get the sh- answer straight up right now. Okay, great. Um, you guys never had a rap party. Yep. Uh, and she would like to do this the second week of South by, the week after the Oscars, because she will be there with the movie that's premiering. And she thinks that would be a great time for everyone to mm. ascend onto, into Austin mm. the week after the Oscars and do a rap party. Is Variety going to uh, sponsor it? To Sorry. Austin? <laughs> yeah, she wants oh. to do Austin. Oh, yeah. hard pass. No way, man. <laughs> she's, she's a big dreamer, but I, it's the second, so... The second wave of South by is also chaos. That's, oh, that's, when, that's when the it music is so people hard come. To get. Yeah. Um, also, like, yeah. this cast and crew is so, means so much to us, but we're spread out so far. Yeah. Um, I, I, we, we keep talking about doing one, um, but then the, the caveat I, I say is, like, we've done, like, 70 rap parties. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it feels like we, like... But not with everyone. You not know? with everyone, yeah. but, like, I, I, I'm really glad we've gotten to celebrate with a lot of our cast and crew at different times in different places, right. and we're so lucky. It's one of the upsides of the fact that this movie came out a year ago and we're still talking about it, is that different people get to come in and celebrate with us every once in a while. Yeah, but we didn't get to celebrate with all the PAs. I'm, I'm feeling like this is something you want you know, to happen, yeah. so... I just want to sing the praises of the yeah. celebrations we did have. We right. had a crew oh. screening. The actual world premiere was so South by. So, TBD? Oh, oh uh, it's, I want to do 70 more. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Awesome. I think she's dreaming too small is my point. All right, uh, all right yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the Oscar luncheon that just happened. Um, yesterday, yeah. yes, yesterday, time of recording, we are sitting, uh, and I, you guys, they split you guys up because they can't have you guys sit next to each other. You act up too much. We've and, been fighting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just had a little peek, uh, you, Daniel Kwan, mm. sitting at a table with Tom Cruise, <laughs> Michelle Williams, and Roger Deakins. Yeah. Like, no, like just. <laughs> is, there, is there a bit of imposter syndrome sometimes, or do you just like, or just like, whatever, you're man? Like, I deserve this. Yeah. <laughs> this sense. I got stuck at this table. <laughs> yeah. You're like, uh, no other, nothing else is available. Exactly. <laughs> it's so funny. The, the imposter syndrome um, comes in waves and it's mm-hmm. been coming in my whole life, but especially this year. Um, every month or so it hits me. I'm like, wait, what the hell am I doing here? Yeah. Um, and then, and then, you know, of course the pendulum swings and suddenly I feel very comfortable because I'm surrounded by people I, I believe in and I care about, you know, the fact I care that, about you too. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I was, specifically yeah, talking about you right exactly at me. I yeah it. I felt it. um but the fact that all of us got our nominations at the same time we're all first time nominees like th- that to me like e- 
as much as the um, imposter syndrome wants to sink in, that always kind of swings me the other way to say like, oh, I'm with my friends. This is actually um, bigger than me and, mm-hmm. and, and really special. Um, and <laughs> so honestly, yesterday, I think I was too much in too much of a dream state to feel anything psychological. It was all embodied um experience the yeah my body was leading and so i was just kind of listening to tom cruise explain to me how they stuck cameras onto planes you know it was it was my fault i asked him like i have so many questions about how you guys made that movie and he's like i'm here ask away <laughs> i was like okay do, do you uh, feel satisfied with the answers did he give you enough uh i mean he i i, I learned a lot about his entire life <laughs> he's been flying since he was like 18 or something like that of course and, yeah is. of course mm-hmm. um and so that was incredible. Talking to Michelle Williams was amazing. Um, and then Roger Deakins, who obviously is just a hero of ours. And, you know, I, I feel like, yeah, the first time I, the, one of the first things I really appreciated about him was I, you know, obviously I was in, I was in college when, um, assassination of Jesse James came out and everyone was just being, holy crap, the way that Roger shot that was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but around the same time, also Wally had just come out. And I remember, um, I was in, uh, the theater watching the credit scroll and uh, Roger Deakins has a uh, credit on that movie. He was consulted. He was, he was the consulting DP. I think he was the first consulting DP on an animation animated feature ever. And it really stuck out with me because did he, do that on How to Train Dragon too? he did that on How to Train yeah. Dragon as well. Both incredibly shot films, but I remember watching Wally um, without knowing this beforehand, but watching it in theater and be like, Oh my God, these shots are amazing. There's like, they, they have the, the lens information, right? Like the, the way the, the, it's flaring, it feels it's incredibly accurate. I, I just remember some of the movements just felt so cinematic and grounded. And so anyways, I could talk about Roger Dickens for yeah. a while, but it was, he was funny because I, I would ask him a question. He'd be like, yeah. And then the conversation would die. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, but like, you know, he, I, I don't think he like really cares, you know, anymore. He's just having fun. And, uh, he was, uh. Very sweet, but we did not have much to talk about, I guess. <laughs> yeah. My single favorite moment of the Oscar luncheon was the – from my view, it was so great to see Kiyu Kwan get his name called. <laughs> I missed and that. I didn't he, see it. And he jumps so high and he's just so happy all the way up. And even when he gets up there standing, he's still like just happy to be- – <laughs> I'm like, be happy about things the way Kiyu Kwan is. Mm-hmm. There's, and uh, there's, it's a superpower. I don't, I, I think if other people try to do it, they'll hurt themselves, honestly. Yeah, there, there's, yeah. There, there's no, there's, you can't contain that. Yeah. But you had him, I had him here on, on the podcast earlier in the season. He made me cry, obviously, because mm. that's what he does. Yeah. The, the key sweep TM at your table at uh, Critics <laughs> Choice Awards. I was happy you guys said that the key sweep is, yeah. is, is happening. Can you talk about this? Uh, we're called the resurrection. Uh, Kiyu Kwan's comeback I mean, story. I don't know what else to say about it that hasn't been said. You know, I, I think at the end, um, no matter what happens to Key, um, he's going to be the same person, which is already, I think, just um, such a beautiful gift to himself and to the people around him. So, worst case scenario, he finds himself in another hole. No one start casting him again. Uh, of course, I, this is never going to happen. This would be absurd at this point. But I was just thinking about the, the resilience that man has is kind of um, unstoppable. I can't imagine, um, even if he disappears, <laughs> I can't imagine he'd stay that way. You know, um, and I, I think the fact that he has someone like Echo. You know, you're, you're talking about how Echo has been Echo. this. Uh, you know, someone in the background just uh, for um, our entire production and our entire. Um, 
you know, press run. But I think she's been that way for Key his entire life, or at least their life together. And I think as long as those two stick together, he's going to be great. And so, and, and he knows that that the beautiful thing about key is now that he's gone through that really hard time of just feeling lost and unwanted in this industry. Um, he really knows the value it comes from the value in his life comes from his wife and not from the awards, not from this recognition. This is all nice. But like when he says that, you know, the thing that matters most is to him is his wife. I think he really means it. And so I'm, I'm, I only say this because there's nothing else to say yeah. about him, but like I, I do think it's at the core. I think it of comes him. from Daniel Shiner. Yeah. That's what I think. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's. I think <laughs> you're the real one. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, it's all been about you. Just say he loves me every once in a while. Not once in a while. Often, every single time. Often and effusively. I love these guys. But but yeah, I think it's a it's a dream come true to to take talented people and show the world that they have more to offer and yeah. i would love it if our movie inspired more you know filmmakers and producers and financiers to think outside the box of what you know who's already been in a hit movie last year and let's have them play that same thing again yeah um there's so many key quans out there yeah like I go want, find them. Let's do more. Let's do this. Let's do this more often. Like people, there's so many talented people who it's are a lot of people we could resurrect and aren't just allowed like... this kind of chance, and everybody wins. You know, like I'm so lucky. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, this it. year in general has been really great for unexpected performances. I, my mind obviously goes to um, Brendan Fraser, who is just incredible, sweet man. Who I hate him. Yeah, oh, just, <laughs> you're like, the only one. Yeah, I hate him just because, like, <laughs> he's almost as awful as Colin Farrell. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I him yesterday, just, shockingly I charming. Know. Oh my god! Like they're just like <laughs> like this is the year of nice. Yeah, nice guys um, finish first. Nice people. You know, nice like, people. Yeah. But back to the idea of just like, like surprising performances. <laughs> I, I think about, you know, um, Dolly, she's just, her performance is incredible and she, it's, per, she's the perfect person to play that role. And I can't wait to see what comes of her. Like, you know, I, I, I met her at one of these, um, dinners and I asked her, like, what, cause I, I didn't actually do the research. Like, what, what has your history been before this? Um, and she's like, I've never really done anything before. And I was like, that's incredible. And I think that's what we're talking about. We're like, you know, take chances on people and find the, 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 the untapped potential um, out there. Cause there's just so much, there's so much out there. Mm, cool. Got some, uh, like a little last bit of question, just uh, real quick though. Uh, you signed a big deal with universal. Five years, uh, cheating on eight twenty four. I see, but fine. Ah. So that's fine. It, 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 we, we, you know, you can go make all the movies you want. Is it cheating? Or it's more like uh, it's like polyamory because yeah, we, yeah. we still have a TV deal with eight twenty four. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. can have, we yeah, can have our well. That that, that, was, yeah. so it, that was gonna be my question. So your TV deals with eight twenty four. Your mm. film deals with Universal. So what are you making? Uh, video games with someone else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're gonna focus on. Uh, yeah, uh, video games. Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> in the, yeah, it's funny. In the TV world, um, well, our brains don't really think in terms of TV. Like we like these very self-contained stories, and um, that's what we hope to do with with our feature films for the rest of our careers. But with TV, you know, we had a couple friends reach out in different capacities and ask us to come on as EPs and maybe do the pilot. And um, we said a yes to a bunch of them because um, we were excited about all of it. We saw the potential in all of them. Um, thinking that, you know, 
you know, some of them would fall to the wayside or, or you know, that's how the, the, this world works. Everything is developing, development hell. Yeah. Um, and then the movie came out and everything's going now. And we're like a little bit like, well, okay, what's happening? This is, um, like you're really busy for the next, like for 10 years, maybe. Yeah. Um, and so that's something we're grappling with. And then on the movie side, it's hyperbole, they're not yeah. all going, yeah. but, you know, if it, it feels that way, suddenly it's like, oh, we got to be care- careful with our time and not mm-hmm. overcommit. But yeah. They're all luckily we're just supporting other people largely. Yeah. You know? And then um so yeah, we bit off a little bit more than we could chew there, but the um the So wait, one well, TV set just real quick. So does that mean there's no everything everywhere series uh, of the universe? Uh, of the universe? No, not no. yet. De- not <laughs> not yet. Just, you gotta or, just sit and chew on how that movie made yeah. you feel. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Okay. Um, I, I, I did say I, I did say at one point I wanted to do like a not really but we'll see if someone if someone else wanted to do this it would be fun an animatrix style um, anthology mm-hmm. series where it's just you get a bunch of animated anime director directors to riff on that world like I mean I don't know that'd be fun and I'm gonna be the other Wachowski sister who's like <laughs> no it's done no more sequels no spinoffs um, let it live but uh, the nice thing about our movie is everything is a sequel to it. Right. Oh. If there's an infinite number of universes, then right. technically it's like Marvel. Nothing's ever really dead. Is, yeah, everything <laughs> is connected. Um, and then on on the movie side, we um, we're trying to just sp- yeah spread out a little bit in different directions. There's there's a handful of projects, and they're all very different from each other. Um, I, I I I do love it when a um, an artist does something that feels very um, specific and distinct. And then their, their follow-up is feels like a pendulum swing. I like, I can totally relate with that process. Um, while we were editing this movie, we were outlining a very small, a small movie, just like a little love triangle uh, movie that um, who knows if we'll make it, but I'm very excited about it. So that that's one project. That's like, that's just a, a pendulum swing, I'll say. Love triangle. Um, but then also uh, at one of these events, Questlove, who really loves our movie, he came up to us and said, don't do the Pivot album. <laughs> I knew exactly what he was talking about. He's but like, He's like, every band, they have their hit and then they pivot. He's yeah. like, no, you, gotta, you gotta stay the course, do the yeah. art. You, you, you found your you voice. You figured it out. You, yeah. you know? And, and, and our I, other project is that. Yeah. Just no, Brit- no British biopic. Yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. Right, but not our the, the, I know exactly what he's saying and I totally understand why he says it, but also sometimes the Pivot album is my favorite. So I'm like, but that's just that's just me. Like, So to me, I really, because when I see an artist do it, I can, I can appreciate it and um, like... Uh, I think of you know Sufjan Stevens' Age of Odds is like like a ridiculous pivot album, and it's probably one of my favorite of his. But um, I know a lot of people didn't like it, so <laughs> I feel like we're going to eventually make an album where people are like, "Wait, why did they do that?" And I'm like, or sorry, we'll make a movie that people will be so mm-hmm. confused by. Or an but, album, yeah, let's do music. Oh, we'll do music. That's the ultimate yeah. pivot, just a yeah, different yeah. genre. There we go. Um, or a different medium, right? Um, but at the same time, we have another project that feels more, you know, um, it's going to please Questlove more. I think. <laughs> Just for you, Quest. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it, it almost feels like the overflow of everything everywhere. There's certain things and characters or, or ideas that just didn't fit into the movie that started to grow into something else. I hope it still feels very different, but it's going to be cut from the same cloth. So you're not going to tell me the title of this movie. That's uh, <laughs> you know, where we're getting at. I got no, it. Uh, I got it. Yeah, yeah. We got a good one. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, uh, you want the headline, but we'll – can we just make one up? Yeah. But, um, it's called <laughs> – the Variety Movie Podcast. <laughs> oh, <there you> <laughs> sorry, no, we have nothing. We'll hold you to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, just the last two bits is 
uh, we have DJ and BAFTA next. Mm-hmm. The next big thing, next big stops for, for you guys. Um, are you guys going to both? Are you guys going to try to divide and conquer? Cause there's two of you, which yeah. is a rarity sometimes. They're, they're trying not to divide us and we don't want to be divided either. I, I think it's like strong, you know, the fact that you said there's only five directing duos who've ever been nominated. It's like, um, it's, it feels right to, um, try to. A DJ up. actually, there's only been two. So yeah, you're the third. Wow. Yeah. Wow. With Coen Brothers, the other one. Coen Brothers and, um, and West Side Story, oh. uh, Warren Beatty and Buck were not nominated. Oh, Rabbit Kuwait, I think. Oh, okay. Like, I'm fairly certain about that. Um, so it, it just feels like, I feel like we are reminders to people outside of the industry that the, the filmmaking process is, inc- is incredibly collaborative. And mm. so it feels important for us to, Try to try to be together at most events if we can. Um, try to figure it out, especially these kind of events. Um, and we're so on, honestly so honored to be nominated for both. And so we're going to try to make them both. We don't know if we will make the BAFTAs on time. We might show up a little bit late. I'm sorry, uh, England. I mean, it's, it's, it's second to last, you know, so, you know. We can, um, right. yeah, the original okay. screenplay could be earlier in the night. So, yeah. Us know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the time difference is kind of crazy. To be in L.A. one night and London the next night is actually um, kind of impossible. Yeah. I've never – yeah, it's all very foreign to us. Yeah. Uh, I've never paid much attention to awards. It's not like a – you you weren't re- you weren't reading me daily. I'm so like sorry. When, uh, <laughs> it's like uh, it's really. He's just a fan of you as a person. Oh, right. Right. And the, uh, yeah, yeah, I like your vibe a lot. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy your vibes. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the, the the mentality I feel like that I've found in the last couple months that has been like helped me through it is uh, are just like given me like a, a lot of enthusiasm. Is that like we somehow got invited to the most exclusive film school on earth? You know, mm-hmm. like these events are like. You can't buy this. Like, not only am I in the room with heroes of mine, I have like permission to approach them and they, they might know who I am. <laughs> like, it's not even, I don't even have to be like, can I have an autograph, Roger yeah. Deakins? I can yeah. be like, Shh, what's up, fellow nominee? <laughs> Let's talk shop, you know? So, Raj. Um, yeah. yeah which <laughs> got is, you got it like that. <laughs> uh, which is so hard. I'm still bad at it, but just like, if I can get like one. Spoiler like, alert, Roger Deakins is filming us right oh, now. Oh, Roger. <laughs> He's here. Yeah. You're in the skies the whole time. <laughs> but if I can get like one conversation like that out of yeah. an event, I'm like, rock and roll. There we go. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. And then the, the, Round robin, really fast Holy questions. These are these are the fun ones. All right, good luck, fast. All right, uh, were you tempted to bring a universe that had Daniel Radcliffe writing Paul Dano and everything everywhere? How do we not uh, get any Swiss Army man? Yes, references? I wanted to do like five seconds of it. Does that make sense? It's okay. Yeah, I didn't want it, but I wanted them to have cameos, and that, but that didn't work out, you know. But like, we love them dearly. Do you? Yeah, because <laughs> I'm not, not anymore after, after this. Um, you guys have worked together. Answering for the other – if you had the power to give the other one – if you guys would break up for one movie mm-hmm. and give the other one a pairing with another director living, who oh. would you pair them with? You're pairing each other. Okay. Quan mm, would great. make one with Miranda July. That, that, that's what you would yeah, give yeah, yeah. him? You give him Miranda him July? I make like a dance piece, weird big Mike exploration Bills of good. body, sexuality, and the human <laughs> experience. Like just like oh, um, something that maybe plays in museums. I don't know. The runtime can be anywhere from like five seconds to five days. I'm just yeah. curious what they would make. Yeah. I, I think you should do something with Jordan Peele, um, but take him back to his sketch comedy roots. And it, and he's in it with you maybe. And it's with a, me? Yeah. And so it's, it's a it's a weird um, sketch comedy feature film hybrid experiment. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, uh, you guys have some work ahead of you. Yeah. yeah. Do you, you want a podcast yeah, exclusive? Yeah, yeah, I've been wanting to tell Jordan this story, and I've never gotten to tell him. 
I was cast in the pilot of of Key and Peele as a, when I was like a aspiring filmmaker, my friend got me audition. Uh, and then I dropped, I dropped out, uh, because we had to go do like a music video thing. Uh, and it was like, a, I had like one line of dialogue and I was like, what's key and peel? I don't know what this is. And, uh, and then I became a super fan of the show, but that sketch never aired. So I, I thought he was just saying I became a superstar, and it didn't matter anymore. Now I'm bigger than a year yeah. later. I watched the pilot of that show, and I was like, "This is incredible." And I was like, "I should have dropped that music didn't turn out that good." So, uh, Jordan, he slips up with you. We so missed, I missed sorry, my chance. I'm been, so sorry. Been avoiding <laughs> I'm so sorry. Favorite movie? Ever? Movie that the movie that made you fall in love with movies? Damn, that's uh, so it's so boring. The, it's probably Eternal Sunshine. Eternal Sunshine. It, that's uh, a, uh, you beat me. Uh, it, it's not boring at all. I don't that's know, great. Or it's just like one of the most obvious ones I, for our generation. I don't think it was the first movie that made me fall in love, but it was the one that just like really, really sealed the deal. And, and, and that's yours as well. Um. Yeah. Or the other one I was thinking about the other day is it was actually a TV. <laughs> it was an episode of TV um, called Future Presidents of the United States and. My brother and all his best friends made this show, and I was so jealous, and it looked so fun, and it made me want to make movies, and I kind of fell in love with movies by like uh, as the jealous little brother. You Aww, know? That's so nice. They did a great job. They changed yeah. my life with that show. Favorite Jamie Lee Curtis uh, role that is in Everything Everywhere? Uh, it's probably Fish Called Wanda. That's, that's uh, yeah, I mean, I just that movie is so. I I watched it later on in my life because uh, Zach Stoltz, our VFX supervisor, um, told us it was like one of his favorite movies ever. And so he sat us down, and we watched it together, and I was like, "This is so fun." Um, every 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 performance is hilarious and weird and, and stupid in the, in a way that I think is really great. And they don't really make movies like that anymore. And so yeah, that's the first one that comes to mind for me. Maybe I'll just say Halloween one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like I've watched clips of it since knowing her and yeah. it's so surreal and fun to, to just go back see. and rewatch yeah. it. Yeah. Uh it's just so fun. Yeah. Mine is true lies, but it's okay. Oh okay. Uh, I mean that Mich- dance scene is whoa. Michelle Yo. I I mean the first time I saw her, you know, Super Cop. It was um hmm. We actually rented it from Blockbuster. That movie actually ma- made its way to U.S. distribution, and we watched it um, at my godmother's house. And I remember, like, who is that? You know, because yeah. we, we we were used to Jet Li and Sammo Hung and Jackie Chan, uh, but I'd never seen Michelle up until that point. And um, the, some of the stunts she was doing, I just could not believe that she was doing them. Um, and because she's she's so beautiful and delicate looking, and then you watch her move, and um, it's just unbelievable. And she's so funny in it, and yeah. just like totally holds her own against yes. Jackie. And, yeah, uh, yeah. She's <laughs> that one's mine too. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I'll, I'll also call it Crashing Tiger just because I rewatched it recently. That's and my answer. Holy, it's the right answer. <laughs> holy crap! It's yeah. so good, and she's so good. Um, I love the fight scene with um, Zhang Ziyi where they're they're picking up different every single possible martial arts weapon. Yeah, because um, it's like funny too. It's really well executed, but there's a sense of humor. There's that moment where she picks up the the Michelle picks up the giant, um, yeah. whatever. I don't know what the weapon, weapons are called, called, and she just like gives up on it because it's like too heavy. I was like, oh, Ang Lee, you're you're being funny. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> My uh, final question for you guys, and I've enjoyed just being around you guys. Uh, the whole season and I, as much as I want you to continue to just make movies together um, I have a dream of you guys making the sequel to Team America World Police or the live action version of <laughs> South Park bigger longer and un- uncut like I think wow. you guys just have such <laughs> I want you guys to do some amazing things here um, but I have to get uh, cheesy for a minute oh okay. those are two of my favorite musicals uh, so, yeah. South Park is actively 
one of the best musicals. Yeah, I know musicals the entire Two America soundtrack by heart. Yeah, I literally <laughs> just I literally just oh. watched it the other day. And my twelve year old came in the room. She's like, "Okay, I watch this with you." I was like, "No, no sorry, <laughs> no." I know it's puppets, but yeah, no, you're not. Uh, I miss you more than Michael Bay missed the mark when he made Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Other radio acoustic version. It is so good. Uh, it is. It is the best. Welcome to MTV Unplugged. Yes. Uh, sentimental. Yeah. See, tell me what you love the most about the other one. This guy. Mm. I mean, I think the thing that Shiner has given me and a lot of the people around him is uh, he's a. He says this all the time. He's a cheerleader. But he also, I think what he does is he sees potential in people in a way that is like not conventional. He's always looking for the thing that no one else is looking at and, and waters that. And for someone like me who just never had any. <laughs> it's so funny. Just, like, yeah, right. Bullshit. No, no, That's a cough. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's not like he's laughing at he's your like, dumb answer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, go, go yeah, right. Uh, I don't even know what I was saying anymore. Well, yeah. oh, for someone who me who like really struggled with um, self esteem, you're doing a great job. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love your answer, man. That was your time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your turn to laugh at us. Um, but f- as someone who has struggled with self esteem most of my life, um, I would never, I would never become a director if it wasn't for him seeing something in me that I couldn't have seen, and so. Um, yeah. And you know, this, uh-huh. we, we've changed each other's life. There's no way, like, I don't know what, where we, we would be right now if we hadn't like first started doing this together, but yeah, that's what I'm very grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. It's unreal. This weird friendship, <laughs> like, like you mentioning the five, you know, other nominees, et cetera, we were talking about the other day, like, like directing duos are rare, uh, but they're usually, uh, married or related. Yeah. Sure. Um, and we're just friends. <laughs> just friends. We're just, Damn. We're just, <laughs> Sorry, but, Dan. But like, <laughs> we're just friends, and that's uh, huge. Friends yeah. are huge. Like that's like friends are life changing. Like yeah. like they they are uh, as important as friends as uh, wives and parents. You know, it's the family like, you choose. Like the best yeah. friends. You know. Yeah. Um, that reminds me. I'll let you answer, but this reminds me about of about a boy. I don't. I just want to plug about a boy because okay, I'm like, uh, it's so fun because. It starts off as a rom-com and you're like, oh, the guy's going to meet the girl. And the, the ending is like, two is not enough. That's the, that's the, that's where it goes. Like two people are not enough. You need more people. Otherwise, um, the whole thing falls apart. So it's a rom-com that is basically saying you need a lot of people around you. It takes a village to survive or whatever. Hmm. Um, and anyways, I just wanted to plug that because I was like, there's also a plug to get Tony Collette in your next movie, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's <laughs> perfectly okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, big fan of the movie, yeah. but I, I think that's another thing that, that Shiner always advocates for is just, uh, community the stronger awesome. the art community the, the more we can um the more we can do in that and this movie's awesome. proof of that mm-hmm. okay your turn your turn go i can't with different answers every like 30 seconds for the last two Ooh, minutes say them all uh no. here's, here's my new answer like uh i love dan kwan's like uh vulnerability like and it like is something that kind of blossomed over the last like 12 or 13 years that we've known each other but like just the you know, we started reading about screenwriting and being like, put yourself into it, explore real things. And like the crazy risks that he's taken in what he's written, uh, 
that's then changed my life. And then the crazy risks of getting out here and talking about it and being like, I'm going to talk about mental health. I'm going to talk about ADHD. I'm going to talk about, you know, the immigrant experience in ways that are like, uh, honestly, like I clam up sometimes in settings like this and I'm so inspired by and grateful for your like, <laughs> like crazy, shocking, terrifying vulnerability, because I think that like, you know, uh, is like such a yeah i mean that's the secret sauce of all of our movies that's why we're here right now that's daniel kwan and daniel Scheinert, the creative duo behind everything everywhere all at once nominated for best director original screenplay and as producers along with jonathan wong in best picture the film is now available on blu-ray and on demand Ruben Uslan has no trouble being harsh to his audience. The Swedish filmmaker behind such wonderfully discomforting movies as Force Majeure and The Square has found his latest film, Triangle of Sadness, making crowds laugh and squirm. Set on a luxury yacht where the 1% enjoy their privilege until a shipwreck finds the rich relying on a toilet maid named Abigail, played by BAFTA nominee Dolly De Leon. Triangle of Sadness won the Palme d'Or at the 2022 Cannes Film Festival, repeating the honor Uslan received for The Square in 2017. And now, the film is nominated for three Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Director, and Original Screenplay. Uslan spoke to Variety's Janelle Riley in a wide-ranging conversation, including the ending of the film, which has been the subject of much debate since its premiere. Fair warning, that spoilers will follow when the subject is brought up midway through the conversation. Janelle started by asking Osland if he's been on many cruises. I am brought up on an island on the west coast of Sweden. So there were like, uh, uh, not luxury cruises, but cruises that was going like from Denmark to Sweden uh, in the city of Gothenburg, where, where that is closest to the, to the island. So I went on these cruises, but they were more... There were different cruises. Yeah. Uh, there were day cruises. Um, but then when I was doing research for the film, then I went on a, a luxury sailing yacht that is called Sea Cloud. And uh, this one goes in the Caribbeans and in the Mediterranean. So I went on a 10-day cruise uh, on that Sea Cloud. Uh, and uh, I got to know a lot of interesting things, aspects when it came to... Uh, the, the cruising industry or what do you call it. And for example, they said that there are three categories of guests on, on these cruises and it's newlywed, overfed and almost dead. These are the three ones that go. So you, <laughs> yeah. which one are you? Uh, yeah. Which one were you? <laughs> which one? I'm, yeah, exactly. No, um, so uh, it's an interesting industry. And also when you look at, Luxury yachting or yacht. A yacht is a a, a, sh, uh, a boat where there only are twelve passengers. Mm -hmm. So that's like where uh, it, it, the yacht limit is, so to speak. And when it comes to that culture, it's very interesting to see the the kind of extreme behavior that actually comes up from from the guests. And uh, it was one chief student I did an interview with that uh, told me that, uh, yeah, on this yacht, we had a little bit of a problem because before we had a jacuzzi in the master bedroom. And what happened when we had a jacuzzi in the master bedroom was that often the guests that had the master bedroom uh, ordered us to fill up the jacuzzi with champagne. And they could deal with that, you know, okay, there's a guest that wants us to fill up the jacuzzi with champagne, but... 
and and but one one cruise, then the guests wanted to fill it up with champagne and put goldfishes in it. <sighs> so then they were like, "Okay, it's actually a bad idea to have the jacuzzi in the master bedroom. We have to we have to move it." And it was like interesting that I actually looked at it from a behavioristic po- point of view. So uh, it provokes a bad behavior when we have the <laughs> jacuzzi in the most. Um, it's funny you said almost dead was one of the categories yeah. because I have a lot of friends who have worked on cruise ships uh-huh. and people die a lot on those yeah. cruises. Yeah, especially yeah. the ones when they are like like a small society basically on the on the, those with more than 1000 guests and so on. Yeah. And I heard uh, uh, a saying is that oh today today the crew gets ice cream. Aha, uh-huh, why? Yeah, they need space in the freezer because someone have died. That's exactly what I've heard. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because mm. a lot of people also, there are these people who just live on cruises. Mm. You know, they're retired and so they just yeah. go from cruise to cruise. They don't even necessarily have a home. And yeah, yeah so it's it's bound to happen. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, it sounds like there's so much interesting material. You could actually make a whole Triangle of Sadness series. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of things that came up when we were looking into that world. I'm surprised. I would think there'd be a great cross promotion with either um, a cruise line or Doritos mm-hmm. because of the triangle. I'm surprised they yeah. haven't reached out to you. Yeah, no, but uh, one th- one thing that was just before I, I traveled to uh, to the US, uh, uh, I uh, I got an email because someone wanted to have a charity event on a luxury yacht uh, uh, place in Palma. And they were, they wanted to they wanted to screen the film on one of these luxury yachts and have a charity event at the same time. And I'm like, this is the perfect setup for this movie. Do they know what they're doing? Right? Yeah. Have they seen the movie? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, your publicist was just telling me that at the screenings over the weekend they had Triangle of Sadness barf bags mm. in the audience. Yeah, that's brilliant. Did you have anything to do with that, or is that no? Just... It was near on the distributor that I had this idea, and uh, I think many of the other distributors around the world. Have have uh, copied that because uh, yeah that's absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant mm-hmm. Um, well congratulations on all the success of the movie and specifically the Oscar nominations I think we're like 10 years out from when Force Majeure didn't land Oscar nominations and you made that hilarious I'm sorry if it's hilarious because I know it's probably genuinely painful but you made the viral video of, of you being upset yeah yeah <laughs> Swedish director freaks out when that's he misses it. out on Oscar nomination <laughs> no but it was uh, you call it Gallo Humor, Gallows right? humor, yes. Yeah, exactly. And my producer and a close friend of mine, Eric Hemendorf, we've been working together now 20 years, 21 years. Uh, and uh, he has gallow humor. So every time we are like dealing with something that is tough or a disappointment in some way, he has a, a, the kind of humor that is like turning it around and making something fun of the situation. So what happened when Fours Mayor, we were, we were looking at the announcement uh, of, the, uh, of the Oscar nominees uh, and we were in, um, in New York and we were filming ourselves with a f- uh, photo booth camera. And uh, uh, we were pretty sure that we were going to get nominated. Everybody was like, yeah, yeah yes. you're going to get nominated. And then we uh, are like commenting, we're a little cocky, also. we're like commenting on the other categories and yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then when it's time for best foreign language film uh, and we don't get nominated, we are like, <laughs> I thought, okay, this is probably the last chance I had to ever uh, have the possibility of being nominated. And, and, and there's a moment when I'm leaving the screen and uh, uh, and then we go out in in Central Park and go for a walk and trying to process this. And then Eric comes up with the idea. Let's 
let's do a video out of it. And then we recorded extra sound. So, uh, and I could just add it to the, to the shot since I'm out of the screen and I'm like freaking out and doing worst man cry ever and <laughs> like <laughs> these things. So it was a way of like dealing with it. Oh, so you didn't actually reshoot the whole thing. You just added sound yeah, at just the added, end. Uh, so that the, really the is yeah. the real video then. Yes, okay. Yeah. Mm. Wow. I just mm. thought you guys were great actors. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, are do you? I totally understand because uh, I know directors often want people to interpret their movies in their own way. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to talk about the ending at all? Because I'm fascinated. By no, it. I can talk about it. It, you know, it's interesting with an ending. I, I always loved movies that, in, in some way, don't let me uh, how to say. Uh, let go of it. So there, there are some movies that have an element in it that, that I need to process and need to think about, okay, what did the director yeah, mean by having that in the film and so on. Uh, but for me, it wasn't like that with the ending. Uh, I mean, there's two two different things that are discussed with the ending. It's like um, uh, Carl that is running. Yes. And then it's uh, Abigail that is like in the dilemma. Yes. And for me, the ending have always been like, okay, I wanted uh, Abigail to be in a dilemma. I wanted the audience to be able to relate to that maybe she would use the stone in order to maintain her position or she would drop the stone. Um, and for me, I had never have been interested in actually if she does it or not. Uh, and, and, and people don't really believe me, but I'm, I'm 100% genuine when I say I don't care, but I want the audience to identify with the dilemma. Then I had um, uh, the feeling of a little bit that I wanted to give the audience a certain kind of push or an energy in the end, and um, uh, I thought also that uh, Harris, the, the character Harris is playing Carl, is so present through the film, and I wanted to go back to him in some way before we say goodbye. So uh, that running shot came up, uh, and um, yeah, some people are asking me: Is he running towards That's... Yeah, yeah, and Abigail? Is he running away from them? And oh, and, interesting. And I have heard people saying the best inter- interpretation of the of the ending is like someone said: he's running for his male identity. Yeah, Love and that's that. like, yeah. So I, I. I that one is my. <laughs> you know what's interesting is I never even debated about the Rock. Okay. My debate was: um, is he worried for Abigail or is he yeah. worried for Yaya? Ah, yeah, okay. mm. Because the common logic would d- dictate he's worried for Yaya because mm. we know that you know there's yeah. Abigail might kill her. But I actually felt pretty strongly he was more worried for Abigail. Uh-huh, interesting. Because Yaya has been the one who's shown to be temperamental and yeah. and. I think that he really digs Abigail. He's the one that like wants to go public with their relationship, yeah, yeah. and yeah. It, and he, you know, the whole first act sets up. He kind of wants to be taken care of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So. You're right. You're right. I mean, I think it. I like that when when you read it like that because um, one of the structural ideas I had with the film was that in the beginning of the film, Yaya should be the one that talking about being a trophy wife and being the one that like. Um, yeah, the only way for me to get out of this industry of being a model is to marry rich, you know. And Carl should be the one that's saying, but what about love? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to make you love me. And then I, I was found of the idea that when the pyramid is shifted over and you have not the patriarchy anymore, like not men that are in the uh, in the top of the structure of econ- economy and so on, uh, and you turn it over and it becomes like Abigail that Call is the one becoming yeah. a trophy wife. Yeah, and he, and it's interesting if you say it like that because then he's really fighting <laughs> to uh, to keep his position as a trophy wife. 
I think he kind of digs it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. so, that's yeah, but, my take. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's, it's, I like that you say that because it's also, there's this sentence in the film that says, I love you, you give me fish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then, yeah. Well, he's the one who's like, let's, let's, you know, come out in the open. Mm. She's kind of like, eh, I don't know yet. Yeah, like, yeah. Mm. I, I love that. No, I love their whole dynamic. And it's interesting how like people will, will violently oppose the idea that there, there might be another interpretation. Yeah. And, mm. and I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it says something about me. Maybe it says yeah. about them. <laughs> yeah. But well, I, I mean, the, the reason that I love cinema uh, and the cinema, the actual location, that you go to a place and you watch things together, and you sit together physically in one room, and uh, then uh, uh, the goal with that is, of course, that it should provoke uh, questions and a discussion, and and that we are sharing something on on screen uh, uh, afterwards. I think that we have to have something that we need to process and 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 talk about, and because that is pointing out the absolute unique selling point of the cinema today. It's one of the few places where we actually are watching, uh, watching uh, moving images together, and basically all. At least if you look at Sweden, I think it's the same here in the US. Basically, all other content we are watching alone in front of individual screens in our homes. Back in the days in Sweden, we watched TV together. But we don't behave in that way anymore. People are sitting in their own room and watching on the on the individual screens. And the, basically, the only thing that we are watching together in Sweden, it's a silly song contest called Eurovision Song Contest. And then the, the whole family is gathering in front of the Let's now watch this, you know. So the cinema have this unique aspect of that we are. It's almost like the pub, you know, like yeah, a, a public yeah. room where we are getting together and then. Uh, watching a content, and then we we actually are processing that and 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 discussing it. So so it's very important for me to try to um, how do you say yeah stir up some thoughts yeah. and leave something for the audience that they have to process. A friend of mine described um, the, the I don't know how long it is, but ten minute vomit scene. Mm. Um, she's like, I love when things go on for so long they stop being funny, yeah. and then they push through and keep going, and it all becomes funny all yeah. over again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, um, I actually wrote in the script that I'm going to go 10 steps further than the audience expect me to go. And um, I, because I like also when there's a risk involved mm-hmm. for the audience. So when you go to the cinema and you go to the Ruben Östlund movie, you should know that you're going to be challenged in, in some way. And I would love to tell you what, how, in which way I'm going to challenge the audience in my next movie, if I'm allowed. I'm so excited about this <laughs> next movie. This is the one where the, uh, the they lose power on an international flight. Yeah, it's they, uh, it, they lose the entertainment system. The oh, entertainment system is stop, stopping working. And it, the title of the film is The Entertainment System is Down. And it takes place on a long-haul yeah. flight. And I was thinking one of these that maybe are... Yeah, there are the, uh, those flights are 17 hours or something like that. So when the entertainment system goes down and the iPads and the iPhones are charging out and so on, we have modern human beings that uh, are have to deal with boredom and their own thoughts. And I think it's interesting because a flight is, okay, it's still one of the few places where you don't have any Wi-Fi connection and it, and it creates a certain kind of setup and I interact mm-hmm. with people in a different way. And if you also take away everything that is on the screens, it's going to be very interesting uh, or look, have a look on modern human beings. And I have been, um, when I'm doing research, I often look at sociological studies, experiments. And I looked at um, one that is uh, that they are asking test persons to go into a room and do nothing. 
and the limitation of the of the experiment is between six and fifteen minutes. And uh, uh, when they are interviewing the test persons afterwards, they are saying it's horrible. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. You know, to be left alone with your thought is horrible. And uh, uh, they so they added a feature that was that if if the test persons wanted to, they could push a button and give themselves an electrical shock if they wanted to. And this electrical shock was um, uh, very painful, but not harmful. And almost 40% of the uh, test person who were in the room pushed that button in order to break the, the boredom and the, and, the, and the fact that they have to de- be there along with their thoughts. Because anything is better than boredom. Exactly. <laughs> so the scene that I have in Entertainment System is down. It's like this. If you think that there is the moment when the passenger understands that the entertainment system is out. And uh, we have a kid that is want to uh, borrow the iPad of the older brother. And it's like really fighting to get the iPad, the only one that have battery in this family left. And uh, he goes, is it my turn now? And the mother goes, calm down. Now you have to calm down. Just like accept that it's like this. I will take time now. You Five minutes and then you will get the, the iPad. And then I want to challenge the audience. So I'm actually saying, okay, five minutes, and then you will get the iPad. Then it's your turn. And they, you, you stay with the kid in real time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like going to, oh, looking a little bit in the catalog, you know, putting it back, and the restlessness is coming, you know. And then you, he's asking his mother, so how much have left now? Well, now it's four minutes and 45 seconds. You have to calm down. And my goal is to create the biggest walkout in the history of Cannes. <laughs> and it's, I think it's going to be more provocative than any violent, any, any like, how to say, disturbant content. Because this, to be left alone with your thoughts and, and challenging audience uh, to, to do the same thing then, it's going to be very interesting. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> um, five minutes, huh? Five I don't minutes? know yet yeah. how long. But, you know, there's a, there's a scene in uh, Ingmar Bergman movie that is called The Hour of the Wolf. Oh, yeah. When, when uh, the main character is, like, dealing, he can't sleep. And it's, the, it's these hours in the night where all these thoughts is coming to him. And then uh, it's a beautiful scene when he says... And a minute is a really long time. And he's looking at his watch. It starts now. And then we get to be with him for one minute in real time. And that minute feels like very long, of course. And so I I have to try out the scene to see how the audience are reacting towards it. Because I think that, um, uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it have to break the rhythm of the film. You have to challenge that, but but yeah. and it's but it's a balance because <laughs> yeah, you have to be able to get back into the film afterwards. But I'm going to be I'm going to be harsh towards the audience. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I it's funny you mentioned Bergman because the first movie of his I ever saw was Persona, mm-hmm. and this is going to sound like I'm insulting it, and I'm really not. Um, I thought that movie was three hours long. Oh yeah, that okay. movie mm-hmm. is 82 minutes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. I mm-hmm. came out of it and I was I felt like I'd gone on this whole. Mm-hmm. Ju- not, I'm not saying it was boring. No, I'm saying. I was like, so much happens in that 82 minutes. And yeah. I was like, I yeah. was like, that has to be a mistake. Yeah, but it's a very dense movie yeah. and uh, uh, it's si- a very silent movie also. That also yeah. makes the rhythm feel um, uh, slower. That's Ruben Oslin, Oscar-nominated filmmaker behind Triangle of Sadness. Distributed by Neon, the film is now available on demand. And that's it for this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Zach Levin edited this episode and Michael Schneider is the producer. 
be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest awards predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tanke, Janelle Riley, and Michael Schneider, I'm Clayton Davis. We'll see you on the circuit. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.